Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Red Robin is bringing the heat with its limited time summer heat wave menu. Put some sizzle into your summer with the new Scorpion Gourmet Burger with pepper jack and jalapeno coins. Or share some scorpion wings drizzled in scorpion pepper sauce and whiskey river barbecue. And cool off with a refreshing pineapple chili margarita. If spicy isn't your thing, Red Robin has more than 25 gourmet burgers with free refills of bottomless fries on the side. Red Robin's summer heat wave is on. All summer long, but hurry in. It's only for a limited time. Hello, celebrity gossip enthusiasts. I'm Travis Broden. You're listening to Us Weekly's Hot Hollywood Podcast. Well, today I am joined by uh, my two lovely guest hosts, gold medalist for sexiest Instagram photos in Capri, Gwen Flamberg. Winning! Hey, guys. <laughs> and gold medalist of loudest singing, screaming in a crowded New Jersey bar, Sarah Huron. Wow, I feel attacked <laughs> and seen. Hi, how are you? I am great. How are you guys? Fabulous. Fabulous. Great. Well, we have a lot of news to get into today. We have got more stinky kids. We have got breastfeeding past toddler age. We have a 40th birthday celebration complete with no clowns and a juggler, an A-list or something from a homophobic slur, and uh, a secret to the man who doesn't age. But before we get into all of this, let's start with our woes of the week. These are the stories that made my co-hosts and I just fall back from our computer screens and just go screaming on the mountains because this story just gagged us. Uh, Sarah Huron, why don't you kick us off with your woe of this week? You know, it's been kind of a slow news week. Um, But I did just see that Julianne Huff's ex-husband, Brooks, has a new girlfriend. And I just want to give him a little bit of a shout out because I feel like in my head, Brooks really took the Julianne Huff split hard and he wasn't ready to throw in the towel, but she kind of, you know, was ready to walk away and have her Kinergy moment. And these two had a very like rocky, like, will they, won't they break up situation situation. And I'm just really happy for him. This is a CrossFit athlete from Iceland. Um, I couldn't even begin to try to say her name. I looked it up. Um, it's very complicated. Please give it a shot, Sarah. No, I really can't. Um, she spells her first name. K A T R I, um, accent over the I N, um, Katrin. 
And there's a video of them on a live stream, like kissing and she, he's celebrating her after she like finished her event in Iceland and they're gushing about each other on Instagram. And he wrote this weekend, I was able to witness her compete live for the first time. I left more inspired and amazed than I could ever have imagined. So proud of the way she competed. Um, and she responded the most incredible feeling to, to step out on the comp floor. I know you, you had, and I know, you know, that feeling all too well. Thank you for your support. Always, always, always. So like, I just like ship these two. I'm really, um, happy for Brooks. I am happy for Brooks. The will they or won't they with Julianne Huff is luckily a thing of the past because I cannot deal with their on again, off again. It was keeping me up at night. <laughs> and a, a fellow sports sportsy lady sounds like a great idea for him. Also, right? Shep. Gwen Flamberg, what made you go woe this week? Well, you know, I agree with Sarah. It's been kind of a slow news week, but not in the jewelry department. What made me go, whoa, guys, is that everyone is showing their heart on their sleeve or actually rather on their neck and chest because J-Lo can't stop wearing her Ben necklace. And Meghan Markle, who just turned 40, was seen wearing these really beautiful necklaces that I think at first glance just look like beautiful, just beautiful you know, pieces of jewelry. But then when you look at them, they are constellations and one is for Archie's, Archie's birth date, and the other is for Lilibet's birthday. I'm, you know, I know they call her Lily, but I will never tire of calling her Lilibet because, you know, it just rolls off the tongue. Lilibet. I like Lilibet, too. It's really, really fun to like say. It. Yeah, so guys, you know, if you want to hear all about the jewelry, every <laughs> single last detail, go to usmagazine.com slash stylish. Yeah. Is, I mean, yeah, the Meghan Markle necklace is gorgeous, but isn't JLo also wearing like, again, like a bracelet that Ben bought her back in the day? Like, do you think she yes. kept all of this stuff like in a bot, in like a vault, like a vault somewhere, like locked since it was very expensive. And then like her, the one for her assistant who was still at the combination somewhere had to find <laughs> it and be like, here's all your Ben pieces and start wearing them again because it's we're, it's game time for it, it's game time Exactly, because, you know, it's like people like that have multiple homes. So like, where was the bracelet or is it like a replica Ooh, that'd was. be wild oh yeah my that's God. my my conspiracy theorist mind i like to think that she has like a ben box that's like do not break glass until you're back together and then she pulled out like a rhinestone hammer and was like it's time click click <laughs> um, but Meghan markle's uh like constellation necklaces for her kids were actually really pretty Really gorgeous.com well, slash stylish and check them out. They are lovely I'm, necklaces. I intend to get a Libra one because you know, guys, my birthday is coming up. Yes, we do. You might be in the celebrity birthday boxing of it all if you play your cards right. Well, my <laughs> woe of this week goes to our favorite Lamb Lamb, the member of the Lamley, Lamar Odom. Um, Lamar Odom, I am worried for him because he canceled an appearance on Facebook, on a Facebook live show because he's suffering from dehydration and exhaustion. Something we've heard before from a couple other celebrities. And what's rough about this is that he was slated to chat with Joy Sutton for addiction talk and he canceled the last minute over health concerns. They released a statement to the Facebook Live people. Just moments ago, we received information from his team, the agency that he works with, to let us know he won't be joining us tonight due to some health concerns. We're told that he's dealing with dehydration and exhaustion. And I can tell you that he did not that he did want to be here tonight. Um, reps for Odom have not gotten back to us about what is going. The event has yet to be rescheduled. But as, you know, just a person living in the world and especially us covering celebrity gossip, when we hear dehydration and exhaustion, that is usually not a good sign because 
just living our lives. How many people we know have had to cancel things due to dehydration exhaustion? Zero. I'll also say I got about a thousand press releases about this event. So this addiction talk was very hyped up. These people were very much looking forward to hosting Lamar Odom. So, you know, sad, always praying for Lamb Lamb. No matter yes. whether we hear about it, something or not, I'm always worried about him and always hoping the best for him, to be honest. Agreed. That's why it made me go, whoa, I feel like he's really on the wagon, off the wagon, and I really want him to do well. So, you know, send a ba up for our lamb lamb and just hope he gets it together. I have well, another, I have yeah. another woe, Travis. I have oh, another woe before we move aghast. on. Go. This is a very exclusive woe because it's a very behind the scenes moment that happened. I was just on the beautiful Isle of Capri for holiday, but while I was there, Luisa Villaroma had their UNICEF gala that is a store-studded event every year. And luckily, because I was there, I nabbed an invite. Now, John Legend performed, so did Katy Perry, and they did a surprise rendition duet together of Moon River. That was amazing. But what made me go, whoa, guys, is that when John Legend was performing earlier in the night, he shouted out his beautiful wife, Chrissy Teigen. He said, Chrissy's here, blah, blah, blah. Let's give it up for Chrissy. I was the only person clapping in that <gasps> ballroom. I was basically the only person clapping in that ballroom. Makes me go, whoa, you guys, because I Damn. feel like that cancellation is sticking around. And I am sad for Chrissy. I'm wow. okay with it. I think Sarah's right. That's like a make me go damn story because yeah. that is savage to her. Wow. And it's like her, her peers. These aren't just like random people on Twitter canceling her. This is, you know, fancy well, was, people invited to a gala. Yeah, it, w it was mostly like jet setters and many, 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 like a couple of hundreds of, of models. Yeah. I took my shoes off during cocktail hour because my heels were killing me. I didn't wear heels all during the pandemic. And quite honestly, I was like, even with my heels, I'm like five foot seven and everybody is just looking over me because there were so many tall, glamorous, gorgeous people. I was invisible. So it was a lot of yeah. models. And then also a lot of, you know, influencers and um, people who just sort of weren't having it. Didn't want to. Maybe some, some Courtney Stodden stands were among you. Yeah, I think that is a good assessment, Sarah, that the room is full of people who love Courtney Stodden's discography and presence on social media. Um, well, one person who is not in attendance is our first news story of the week, Miss Meghan Markle. As Gwen said, she turned 40th, or she had her 40th birthday this week. And a source told us that Meghan and Harry will be, quote, keeping it low key and simple. The source told us exclusively. Um, the couple plan to spend their day with their children, Archie and Lilibet, and it will be, quote, a family affair. But Megan also marks the day with a new video campaign, 40 by 40 initiative, where she announced on Wednesday on the Archwell website that she has 40 of her friends to donate 40 minutes of mentorship to women re-entering the workforce after the pandemic. The video um, is featuring Melissa McCarthy, and there was a lovely cameo from one and only Prince Harry juggling in the background. Um, not sure why, but enjoyed it. And then there was like a blink and you'll miss it moment where there was a photo on Megan's desk where you can see a tiny little glimpse of Lilibet. 
And the source told us that she is not going to have a blowout 40th birthday. It feels it would be wrong to organize a big birthday pash in the midst of the pandemic. Now, did you guys see this juggling video? And what were your thoughts? Gwen Flamberg, what do you think seeing it? I thought watching Harry juggle was almost as sexy as watching him do that military obstacle course with James Corden. Just saying, what I really got out of Megan's 40th birthday is, you know, she just, she, I think that this was in her diary when she was just a young girl. Like, by the time I'm 40, I would like to mm -hmm. marry a prince and push out two beautiful children. Mm -hmm. I don't know if she planned on shaking up the whole royal institution. Uh, but God bless her. She's 40. She looks pretty great. Oh, she looks amazing. Sarah, Beautiful what did you woman. think of the juggling and the tiny little little bit foot that we were privy to? Yeah, I know. I love a like first glimpse at, and I mean, it's an Us Weekly special, but like I click every time. So like, yes. thank you for that, Megan. Um, I'm always mind blown, no matter what you think about Megan Markle, that she is maybe looks more beautiful via Zoom than anyone I've ever met. Um, that was confirmed again as she turns 40. But my biggest takeaway, did any of you, did either of you guys watch Gary Janetti's The Prince on HBO Max yet? I've only I did. I'm obsessed. It is hilarious. It is hilarious. Yes. And I mean, the Prince George stuff was great, but my favorite part of it was the Megan and Harry stuff when they were in California and having Megan fake join the Real Housewives of Orange County, I mean, uh, Beverly Hills. For those yeah. of you who don't know, it's like a, it's like a family guy type cartoon um, where Gary Janetti, who has the hilarious Instagram where he would have Prince George's voice plays Prince George and he follows the whole family. And the Harry and Meghan stuff is so funny because, you know, it's Meghan trying to like reinvent her career and try to convince Harry they made the right decision by moving to California and Harry just like flailing and not knowing how to do anything. And like getting get going to pick up milk was like a thrill for him. And like, he tried to become a masseuse, like all this ridiculous stuff, but juggling in the background of her call is something that straight up would have happened on that show. So the, it was perfect timing. And that made me laugh. <laughs> Art it. imitating life. That is fantastic. Well, I wonder if that show will cover this next topic because when it comes to uh, Coco Austin of Ice-T and Coco's daughter, the breast part of waking up is mommy in her cup. <laughs> um, Coco Austin shared with Us Weekly that her five and a half year old daughter, Chanel Nicole, um, continues to breastfeed. Uh, Coco told us, Chanel still likes my boobs. A big bonding moment for a mother and child, she says, but don't worry, she eats other food too. Um, when asked about why she's still breastfeeding her daughter, she said, uh, why take that away from her? If she doesn't want it, all right, that's where you stop it, but I'm not gonna say no. Don't worry, Ice-T came to her defense and he says, news flash, we feed Chanel food. She just likes to so suck mommy's boobs every now and then. And so do I. Oh, Me too, a bunch of explanation points, he said. Now, I, I, <laughs> I, I actually have no words. Sarah, you're on. Wow. So you want me to do the mom shaming? No. Yes. Um, I mean, this is up to these two, obviously, and their daughter. Um, and it's not my place to tell them what to do. I would right. like to apologize since Us Weekly started this firestorm while playing parenting do's or don'ts with Chanel. Um, I mean, with Coco. Um, and you know what? Like, they're a lot. But I feel like if you if you're a fan of 
cocoa and iced tea, you, you would expect this. I remember um, last year or two years ago at the Us Weekly Most Stylish Party, they were there and I had to hold their phone for them while they took an Instagram story. Oh, I thought you were going to um, say you had to hold Chanel. No, Chanel was not there. Coco was not breastfeeding at the event, but I did hold a cell phone for them because they didn't know, like I needed them to take an Instagram story. I don't really remember how I ended up having to hold the phone, like their assistant, but they were lovely in person. Yeah, they are totally. super, super cool. And like you said, they're wacky. This, um, if any celebrity was going to continue to breastfeed their child at five years old, I, it would be the least weird coming from Coco. Uh, and while I can't say this because I don't have boobs nor a child, it does seem a little late to be doing that. But again, I don't have a child. I don't understand the bonding. Gwen Flamberg, what, what are your thoughts? I mean, God bless her because many women who choose to get implants have to kind of give up breastfeeding their child. I, I mean, Coco has like rather substantial uh, implants. So all the power to her that she can still use those things for what she wants to use them for, which I suppose is feeding her um But it's it's even less about feeding them because Coco, she didn't really say how much milk is coming out, but she's more seen that she likes the act and the bonding of breastfeeding and that there isn't still milk coming out. Well, you know, I say live and let live, Trev. (laughs) You do you, let Icy and Coco do them. All right, Sarah Huron, take us away to the ongoing saga of uh, the iconic American Idol winner, a moment like this, Kelly Clarkson, and her horrible, horrible divorce with uh, the villain in my mind, Mr. Brandon. Tell us what the new developments in this case, litigation, and hot mess of a story are. Yeah, talk about a moment like this. Like Kelly's waiting for the moment when she finally has her divorce finalized because more than a year after breaking up, these two are still fighting in court. Um, Us Weekly confirmed that she, as of April, she has been paying him 150 K per month in spousal support and over 45 K a month in child support. This is a temporary ruling because these two are still trying to work out the details behind the scenes, but she, he's paying him nearly 200 grand a month. Um, it was also revealed that Kelly's salary is $1.9 million, which is iconic. Um, and a source told us that she is still trying to get even more money for her talk show. She's in contract negotiations. Um, the good news is we are hearing that a formal settlement will be reached soon. And hopefully she'll be at least be declared legally single um, any day now. And poor Kelly can get a little bit of freedom. Mm, Gwen, what do you think about she's shelling out all of this money to her ex? I think that that ex is a really lucky guy because <laughs> she makes a lot of moolah and he's got a great settlement. He sure does. It's it's really easy for me to vilify him because during their divorce, he was taking a huge salary by being her manager. Kelly had other managers that were managing her national tour and he was paid so much more than them and sort of seemed like it was like a money grab situation. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like the sophisticated thing to do would sort of be to take less of her money away from her. But prayers for Kelly Clarkson. She will move on and hopefully with somebody better. Yes. 
Well, let's move on to Mr. Matt Damon has had a rough week this week. He clearly missed Hillary Duff's uh, 2008 PSA of That's So Gay, which officially ended homophobia then. Um, but he apparently didn't see that iconic commercial because he said he's retiring using the F word. No, that F word. This one has three letters um, this week while his because of his daughter. So while uh, promoting his new movie, Stillwater, that, you know, includes a queer character, the 50-year-old movie star uh, caused all of our gay eyes to roll when he was chastised by his 12-year-old daughter during a family dinner that he admittedly to joking using the gay slur, the F word, recently as a few months ago. And he says, the word that my daughter calls the F slur for a homosexual, when I was a kid, it was a different application. I made a joke months ago and got a little testy from my daughter, and Lucinda left the table. I said, come on, it's a joke. Is it Lucinda the wife? Yeah, Lucinda and his daughter left the table. Um, And he said, come on, it's a joke. You know, I didn't mean it that way. And he, you know, this was, of course, something he said just a few months ago. And she went to her room and wrote him a very long, beautiful letter on why that word is dangerous. And then he said, I officially retire the F slur. And I understood, he said. Now, this is, you know, right in the middle of DeBaby and a lot of people using anti-LGBTQ plus language. Um, And he's sort of backtracking a little bit. He thought, you know, growing up in Boston as a child, he said, we heard the the F word used on the streets before I knew what it even referred to. I explained that the word was constantly and casually um, used and I just sort of picked it up. I never intended it as a gay slur. Now, while Matt Damon seems like such a lovely person, he also released a statement, to be clear, I, I can be, I stand by the LGBTQ plus community. Um, uh, it seems like a few months ago is a little too late to be retiring these type of slurs towards anyone. What were your guys' thoughts on this whole drama this week? I was sort of astonished because Matt Damon always seems to me like a really cool guy Mm -hmm. who is sort of with it. And I'm just kind of shocked that he not only made that gaffe, but then chose to talk about it on the red carpet. Like, why? Yeah. Why bring this up? This is, it's the new millennium, first of all. You should know better than to use that word. And also it's like, we're living in the time of cancel culture and you're smarter than that, Matt Damon. Are you looking for attention because your BFF then is getting all of it? I, I don't know. Something's weird. Something weird is going on. Yeah, like in what world did he decide to share this story? That was my biggest question. (laughs) Was like he decided to tell the story and then he decided to release this statement saying he's never said that word. But it's like you literally just told a story about using it. And I think he was also trying to say at one point that he was quoting stuck on you or like one of his movies or something. Like I I don't know. The whole thing was just messy and like I get I mean, I think it's interesting that maybe he was trying to talk about like his connection with his daughter and how like the younger generation is maybe changing things and holding people accountable. But like the way he told the story and then the apology, like homeboy, like you've been in this business long enough to know that that one wasn't going to go well. I believe in the same interview, he talked about how it's hard to do like open up about stuff because people will like pull headlines. And it's like, you literally handed people a headline on a platter, homie. 
<laughs> he really is one to sort of put his foot in his mouth in terms of sound bites. And it really, you know, sometimes it's the media's fault, but with him, it seems that it's his fault. Yeah. And I get growing up in Boston, it's a different culture. They throw that word around, but I mean, do better, Matt Damon. I, I'm glad this was sort of out there so people can learn not to say it, but you know, I thought better of him. I thought better of him. Red Robin is bringing the heat with its limited time summer heat wave menu. Put some sizzle into your summer with the new Scorpion Gourmet Burger with pepper jack and jalapeno coins. Or share some scorpion wings drizzled in scorpion pepper sauce and Whiskey River barbecue. And cool off with a refreshing pineapple chili margarita. If spicy isn't your thing, Red Robin has more than 25 gourmet burgers with free refills of bottomless fries on the side. Red Robin's summer heat wave is on. On all summer long, but hurry in. It's only for a limited time. Let's move on to our spiciest story of the week. Yes, it is time for our Red Robin spiciest story of the week. And who is spicier than Paul Rudd? Doesn't everyone love Paul Rudd? Um, you know, he's 50, 40, 30. Who even really knows? We all met him when he was a 26-year-old playing a law student in the 1995 comedy Clueless. That's right. And he has not aged in Ant-Man, in countless Judd Apatow flicks. I mean, just not age at all. And according to a restaurant owner at the Darjeeling Express, the secret behind Paul Rudd's youthful appearance isn't a skin routine, it's kindness. Um, and she opened up about meeting Paul Rudd and Dan Levy at her London restaurant and revealed her opinion of about what she said to Paul Rudd. She said, he just looks so happy. I think the reason why he looks so young is because he's a good man. Both, <laughs> both his kids were there both times he's been into my restaurant. He's a family man. And I think he's a man at peace and that shows. Um, this restaurant owner's woman went viral because Paul Rudd just looked like a teenager and younger than Dan Levy in Schitt's Creek, which what everyone was saying, he was much his junior. And she said, I never expected the photo to go viral the way it did. At least I would, at least I would have tagged my restaurant. I didn't even do that. Um, the restaurant owner then praised uh, Paul Rudd for being an, quote, unbelievably humble and human and kind, despite being a big film star. She said, he is a good person that you want to be a good guy. And he's more than that. He is compassionate and humble. Now, I think this was actually really interesting insight because how often have we said, how does Paul Rudd not age? How does he look so good? And maybe it's just because he's happy and living his be best life and, you know, not saying F slurs. You know, I might be screwed if the secret to, to good looking young is kindness. However, I get ID'd everywhere I go and I think it's more staying out of the sun, but um, I love Paul Rudd. He's gorgeous. And we need like a Paul Rudd sexy photo shoot now. Like we just got from that guy from a uh, law and order SVU on in GQ. Like that was, Maloney, yeah. Christopher Maloney. Maloney, that was a lot. I want Paul Rudd to do that. I, Why not? I, and he can make it funny too. Okay. All right. Interesting. <laughs> Out there. That would be spicy. Baby girl is growing up because she would like for Paul Rudd to be photographed nude on a cover, hiding his privates with a free weight. Okay. We're talking spicy moment. <laughs> yeah. That would be a spicy moment. I would even take like an Eminem inspired stick of dynamite as the only thing he's wearing. Just <laughs> anything to see that youthful body. Now, Gwen, arbiter of uh, beauty and all things anti-aging, is it possible that being nice keeps you young? 
Well, I mean, I do look very young, don't I, Travis? And Facts. while I do have a lot of inner kindness, I drop the F-bomb quite a lot. So <laughs> I think that uh, Paul Rudd drinks a lot of water. Mm-hmm. I've actually heard him say that. At the end of the day, it's good genes, but being nice helps. All right. Well, if you want to get spicy, youthful looking like Paul Rudd, drink your water and mind your business. Well, let's move on. Get a whiff of this, guys. Kristen Bell, quote, waits for the stink before bathing her children. We talked last week about Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher on uh, Kristen Bell's husband's podcast, talking about they don't bathe them every day. They wait for the body odor. And Kristen Bell and Dax went on The View to talk about this. And uh, let's see, they, they really got into it here. Kristen Bell says, I'm a big fan of waiting for the stink. She told The View, once you get a whiff, that's biology's way of letting you know you need to clean it up. There's a red flag. Honestly, it's just bacteria. Once you get the bacteria, you gotta be like, let's get in the tub or the shower. And she was referring to Mila and Ashton's admissions. And she said, I don't hate what they're doing. I wait for this stink. And then Dax came in and said, we bathe our children every single night prior to bed as their routine. And then somehow they just started going to sleep on their own without the routine. And we had to start saying to each other, like, hey, when's the last time you bathe them? <laughs> Um, And for what it's worth, the American Dermatology Association says that children aged 6 to 12 should bathe at least once or twice a week. Uh, Kristen Bell continued, and she said, uh, yeah, they have like 15-minute breaks to jump around and grab a snack. We are both all over the place, and sometimes we fall out of our routine. Now, we talked a little bit about this bathing, bathing child thing, and it's sort of become a hot topic with... Uh, Hollywood and parents in general that can you overwash your skin's kid? It's very drying to people. And like I said, the American Dermatology Association says that once or twice a week is enough when it seems that most parents are bathing them. And we have to thank celebrities for showing us the way. Gwen Flamberg, skin expert, every day, once or twice a week, what do you think? I think there's probably a happy medium in between. Here's the thing. Until puberty, kids don't smell. They're not going to get body odor. It's not like they need to wash to kind of, you know, keep everything smelling nice. But, you know, let's like keep it clean. I, I, I don't think that kids have to bathe every single day, but I do think that more than once or twice a week would be nice. I think that would too. All right, Sarah, Um, why don't you? No, I have something to say. Tell us about these the stinky children. I mean, again, not trying to mom shame. This is the theme of the episode here. I don't have kids um, and teach their own. I just really don't understand why they're like bragging about this. Like, I know that I guess Kristen and Dax were trying to defend or like side with Ashton and Mila because they're all friends. But like the fact that you're all taking like so much pride and getting these headlines about not watching your kids, like just stop. Like, I don't want, I don't just go away. Like, this is annoying to me. I think it's weird that, this is like something everyone's taking pride in. Like raise your kids, go for it. But like, also these are people who are, don't want to show pictures of their kids on the internet, but now I know they stink. Like, eh, I just don't like it. Smelly kids, smelly kid. Yeah, when are they bathing you? <laughs> um, let celebrities get away with too much. <laughs> I don't know. I think that celebrities give us sort of like a, a look into our own lives and talk about this so we can have a collective discussion as parents and people about how stank our children are and when it is. But 
I know that this is the not the last time we'll be hearing a celebrity speak out on this topic for sure. Sarah Heron, why don't you take us to the lovely days of the early 2000s when Jenna Dewan and Channing were just a hot step up dance couple in love, having babies and what she sort of, uh, you know, popped our beautiful bubble of their relationship with. I know, right. They were like, I feel like one of the hardest splits that ever took. Like it was like, we felt like they were endgame so in love. Um, so obviously they are both, they have been divorced for a while now, but Jenna did an interview. She was talking about motherhood and she was talking about how, when she gave birth to their daughter, Everly, who was eight, um, she was in Canada filming and he was in London filming. And she said, I had to travel with her. And at the time, Chan wasn't available to be with us for the most part. So it was me, my doula and Evie all by my ourselves traveling at for six weeks. That was really hard on me because it was long hours. I did have friends with me constantly. It was really difficult. And she said that she felt like she gave birth, um, without a partner. She said, I had a lot of postpartum anxiety. You're up a couple times of night, then you're working all day. I was breastfeeding. I was pumping. I was without a partner. I mean, it was just craziness. So this obviously got a lot of pickup because saying, you know, without a partner can come off a little shady. Um, but she is taking that back and blaming us as she would do. Um, not us specifically, but the media and said, the quotes make it appear that I was slamming my daughter's father, something I would never do. As two working parents, we both faced challenges at the time, but I can only speak for myself and not about him. Anyone who actually listens to the interview is something I encourage everyone to do. will clearly see that my words have been distorted for clicks and to push false salacious gossip with no regard for actual people involved or message intended. Um, which I believe, I'm sure that the whole, like the bigger conversation is maybe about like how lonely it can be to give birth and be a mom. Um, that being said, Jenna Dewan, you got to watch what you're saying when your ex-husband is Channing Tatum and you're saying that he basically abandoned you while you raised your kid for their first six weeks. Like, sorry, that was a shady, even if you didn't mean it shady, like you should have known it was going to come off that way. Yeah. When you say you're without a partner and you're like at your wits end. Yeah. I mean, I don't, we don't have to twist that as the media. That's sort of what exactly what you said. Oh, but I mean, they were just so cute. It's just, it made me extra sad. Jenna Dewan. I mm. hope you guys, you know, get it together. And you and Steve Kazee are very happy. Her new boyfriend. All right, fiance. Let's, fiance, of course. So sorry, Steve. I know you've locked it down. All right, let's move on to Simone Biles. Um, such a tragic but then inspiring story we saw in the Olympics from Simone Biles. And Taylor Swift agrees. She tweeted at Simone. She says, I cried watching you. Aww. I feel so, I know, I agree. I feel so lucky to have gotten, watch you all, have gotten to watch you all these years. But this week was a lesson in emotional intelligence and resilience. We all learned from you. Simone Biles was like, oh my God, I love it. I'm crying too. And of course, Simone attempted one of the hardest vaults, uh, you know, any person or female has done in the Olympics, had a little bit of a rough landing and got a case of what's called the twisties, where Olympians can no longer figure out how to twist themselves while they're in the air. It's a little bit of a mental problem. There's a similar thing in lots of sports. Watch Ted Lasso. He talks about it as well. <laughs> um, and then she went back to the balance beam after practicing in a, quote, secret gym in Japan and took home the bronze medal. And I just thought it was such a beautiful thing for mental health, for American gymnastics. Simone Biles has been through so so much. Gwen Flamberg, what were your thoughts watching this saga play out? I was just so happy that she chose to compete and that she meddled. She did say that she did it. She chose to compete for herself to prove to herself that she could do it. And she was not thinking that she was going to place. 
but I'm so glad that she did. I think that she's taught everyone a lot of really valuable lessons during this Olympics. And quite honestly, it's like the only news coming out of the Olympics other than (laughs) Tom Daly crocheting. And I love that he won the gold. Yeah, seriously, it really was like the only inspiring story, but it was. Sarah Huron, what do you think? Are you going to take her down or are you going to build her up? No, I'm not going to take her down. Um, (laughs) Please, she bathes. Um, No, I think an amazing end to a wild week for Simone, two weeks. Um, getting Getting to get a medal at the end, I think is just probably, she probably feels like she worked harder for that bronze medal than like any gold that she's gotten over the years. Um, and I think she's probably so happy to be out of Tokyo. She's home now. Um, we found out from her coach that her aunt also died when she was in Tokyo. Yeah. Simone has spoken out a little bit about having some maybe PTSD and some mental health issues with the Larry Nasser of it all. Like this girl has been through so much. I can't imagine really throwing my body on a balance beam and all that madness that gym- gymnasts do, let alone with everything else that happened in her life. So I'm happy she's out of Tokyo with a medal. And we'll see what happens next. I mean, I think she's probably has like a lot of windows open here if she wants to continue gymnastics, if she wants to maybe be like a mental health commentator, expert, or like bring a new side to gymnastics. Cause I think, you know, it's safe to say she's like going to be the most well-known gymnast of our time. Yeah. I think we can almost guarantee that she'll be getting a call from Meghan Markle and Prince Harry to do something with them on their Netflix special. Oh my God. You're so right. That is such a call. (laughs) Simone Biles will be in Montecito with Meghan Markle before we know it. Absolutely. She'll be under that pagoda at Meghan and Oprah's friend's house right away filming something (laughs) for that show. Uh, Well, let's now move on to Selena Gomez. We have talked before of Selena Gomez calling out people for making kidney transplant jokes forever. And it has happened again. Selena Gomez, in case you did not know, underwent a kidney transplant in 2017 as a result of her battle with lupus. And then they talked about it on The Good Fight this week. Uh, Selena Gomez called them out after uh, she said, I am not sure how writing jokes about organ transplants for television has become a thing, but sadly it has happened apparently. I hope in the writer's room next time when one of those tasteless jokes are presented and called out, it does not make it to air. Now the scene in question on The Good Fight um, had some characters, including Wayne Brady, talking talking about things they could not talk about. The off-limit topics, they said, such as autism, necrophilia, and Selena Gomez's kidney transplant. (laughs) They were referencing a 2020 episode of Saved by the Bell, which is on Peacock, where the characters deliberated the identity of Selena Gomez's kidney donor. Peacock later apologized and removed the scene from the episode. Uh, What do you guys think of Selena Gomez versus The Good Fight? Is that what she's doing, fighting it? I mean, I I do think, I get it that the joke was about the backlash to the Saved by the Bell, but like the backlash to Save by the Bell joke was like, I feel like pretty intense. So kind of a weird way to go. Um, I feel kind of bad for Selena Gomez. Like why is her, this was also a couple of years ago. Like why is her kidney transplant now like the butt <laughs> of several jokes? Like that doesn't really make sense to me. Um, it feels like a little more of like a darker way to go because celebrities have been clapping back a lot lately about like jokes like Taylor Swift and the Ginny and Georgia joke mm-hmm. that I didn't think was worth the hype it got because they made like a joke about her like love life. And it was, it wasn't really like, 
I don't know. Like, it, I don't just roll with it. Like, whatever. Like, it's about your yeah. love life. The same thing. Suki Waterhouse just clapped back at the new Gossip Girl because they called her like Suki Nobody in her relationship to Robert Pattinson. Like, yeah, a diss, but like, whatever. It's about your relationship. It's whatever. This is about her health. Like, I think we can draw the line there. I don't know. Agree, Gwen. Do you think she was a little too sensitive or super valid? I think she's valid. I mean, she is a little sensitive too. Like remember when it was like right after her kidney transplant and there was some red carpet event, but she was very bloated. She was very heavy. American Music Awards. Yeah. And she got a lot of flack for that. And that's just, it's just not right. This is about her health. And quite honestly, like it's amazing that she has recovered so well from the health condition that she had because she has a new kidney and, you know, God bless her. I think that she can say whatever she wants. I love Selena Gomez. I think she sort of, she doesn't get all the credit that she deserves in many different areas. I just hope her kidney daughter, Francia, is doing well to this day. Francia Reza, I love Francia Reza. I really think that's the only joke here to make of that, by the way, writers room people. That's the only funny part, but also inappropriate, of course. Um, (laughs) Kate Posworth just announced her breakup. Um, breaking news. And I only bring it up because the statement is wild and I need to read it. Um, so she's been married for eight years to Michael Polish. Um, they were together for a decade. They got married in 2013. They are getting divorced. And she wrote quote, our hearts are as full. Our hearts are full as we have never been so enamored and deeply grateful for one another as we do in this decision to separate together over the last 10 years, Michael and I have chosen love every time. We hold hands as tightly today as we entangled fingers on our wedding day. Mm. What the hell does that mean? Thou doth protest too much that you are, quote, consciously uncoupling. Yeah. That is a lot of lovey-dovey for a breakup announcement. Yeah. Yeah. They are so weird. Well, thank you, uh, blue-eyed and brown-eyed beauty Kate Bosworth for (laughs) that amazing celebrity breakup statement. Well, do you know what it's time for? Hopefully, I mean, Tom Girardi should have been in the ring, but it's time for Celebrity Birthday. Maybe he was. Maybe he did. Maybe we put him in the boxing ring on his 85th birthday, and that's why he looks so sad. 82nd. 82nd. So, so, so sorry to this man again. All right. Well, let us start off. This is uh, this is going to be some interesting mashup. Sarah Huron, first bout is to you. Kylie Jenner turns 24 this week versus Mila Kunis, who doesn't wash her children and is 38 this week. Normally, I would give it to Mila Kunis, but I'm so annoyed about this washing your children saga <laughs> that won't go away that there you go, lip kit queen. You can pay someone to knock out Mila Kunis. Oh, that is a brilliant. Her assistant and bodyguard came out. Goodbye, Mila yeah, Or Kunis. throw Stassi, ba- sacrifice Stassi baby's body <laughs> and for, to beat Mila Kunis. I mean, if that Stassi baby booty hit her in the face, there is no getting up. That is a T-K-O. <laughs> Gwen Flamberg, less injectables in this next set. Um, Anna Kendrick, who turns 35 this week, versus Cara Delevingne, who is 29 this week. All right, this is a tough one because these are two fabulous women who are both very strong in their own right. But I am fairly certain that while Kara is just kind of doing that like sexy brooding thing that she does, Anna Kendrick would open her mouth and sing a couple of high notes and just not carry backwards out of the ring. Oh, unexpected. Congratulations, Anna Kendrick. Uh, this last match, I, Sarah here, and I really hope you take it somewhere because it seems very unfair. Chris Hemsworth is 38 this week uh, and versus Sean Mendez, who is 22 this week. 
I mean, obviously Thor is going to beat Sean <laughs> Mendes. Uh, no, I'm so sorry. Sorry, Sean Mendes and your cute little cardigans, but I think Thor's got gotcha. you. I'm so sorry, Sean Mendes, to put you up against that lightweight to a heavyweight. Gwen Flamberg, it is a menage a trois for the ages fight. Kylie Jenner, 24. Anna Kendrick, 35. And Chris Hemsworth, 38. All stuck in the ring together. I mean, this is tough because Thor would just be right in the middle of these two and like use his hammer to knock them both out at once. But yeah, yeah. Kylie yeah. would probably be like filing her nails and just not even paying attention and he would knock her out first. And then Anna Kendrick would put up a good fight. She would, but I've seen Chris Hemsworth in person. I interviewed him. Mm -hmm. he he knocked me out just by being super <laughs> hot. So I'm going to say he wins. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. In a shocking turn of events, Chris Hemsworth, the most busty man on earth, Thor has won Celebrity Birthday Boxing Mania. Well, thank you to my hosts, Sarah and Glenn, for helping me spill all of this piping hot celebrity this week. Again, this is Travis Cronin, Us Weekly's Hot Hollywood Podcast, with your weekly peek into the glamour, glitter, fashion, fame of your favorite celebrities. After all, they're, they're just, just like us. us. That was our best one. Okay, come back next week, guys. Thanks.